to the Faith Church Estevan podcast, the podcast where we post our previous sermons from previous weeks. And our prayer is that it would grow your relationship with Jesus. Listen wherever you are and enjoy this next episode. Could it have all come to this? All that hope that they had. And in failure... Everything that they did and worked for and and done, all of it, was it for nothing? They were dismal. They were dejected. They were desolate. That's how they looked. Broken, beaten, done. The North Carolina Tar Heels in March Madness this year. Now you're like, where is he going with this? They were. The Habs. Dismal, dejected, desolate how they looked when they realized their season wasn't going to be like last, right? Had all their hope that they had. Okay, the flames when I preach this again next year. So (laughs) all that hope was shot, right? I want us to think that way a little bit because if a basketball team can literally look like they just got murdered, how much more than are are the disciples going to be dejected and, and feeling like there's nothing left? They spent so much time preparing for Jesus' moment of glory. I want us to think of that because it makes the resurrection that much sweeter. Because we have the um, privilege and honor to actually know the whole story. They lived it. We have it. And so it's easy, like, I want to just jump right into the excitement because it's snowing and nobody wants to just sit and talk about doom and gloom. But to really appreciate the resurrection, we actually have to understand the Saturday part. When the disciples and every follower of Jesus literally put their Lord and King in a tomb. Because, I mean, what good is a Savior who's been slaughtered? What good is a King if he's been killed? And what's good is a friend of having one and a master if they're just murdered? They literally invested their life in him for three years. When Jesus challenged them, As to whether they would continue to follow him, they always replied, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. So how could it go so wrong? How could they put a dead body in a tomb? But they were right in one thing. They had nowhere else to go. None of us do. They had nowhere else to go. And so Saturday came and went, and Sunday morning dawned. And so the women, the followers of Jesus, they set out on Sunday morning to do the only thing they knew they could do or possibly imagine is prepare the body for the burial or anoint the body because the day before was the, the Sabbath, so they can't work and do stuff on the Sabbath, so they waited till the next day. So they went to tend to their friend, their Lord, one final time to finish the job of anointing his body with spices They didn't have any hope left. It was gone. They didn't run to the tomb with hope. They went there to do a job. So it brings to us, or brings us to 1 Corinthians 15 in our reading this morning. It said, if in Christ we have hope just in this life, which is what they were walking in, right? They were walking in a hope of this life. If that's the only hope we have, we are the most people, or of all people, we're the most to be pitied. Or the most to be pitied. 
Because you see, we all hope in something, but it's usually at the focus of this life or the here and now or the 10 to 15 day future. We usually extend our hope to here, and the last few years has kind of made our hope dwindle in the length of time. We put our hope in something. We cling to a hope that doesn't last, though, because usually because uh, we are hoping in the wrong thing and in the wrong place. Because the disciples, the women, and all the followers had lost all hope. They put it in the wrong thing in the wrong place because Jesus was crucified and dead and buried on Friday, so they had no hope on Saturday. <coughs> but there was a change on Sunday. There was a change this morning when the women got to, got to the tomb. Not until they got there. And they noticed something that was puzzling. This huge, massive stone had been rolled away. I mean, think about that for a minute. A massive stone. They didn't have forklifts. They didn't have chains. They didn't have big trucks to move things. They didn't have Greg to get in the big truck and move things. The stone was moved. But what do you think they thought of? Do you think they said, uh-oh, we were wrong, he's alive. No, they were focusing on like, oh, somebody's already been here. Better go check it out, right? They go in, no body. And then there's these two angels that appear and they speak to him. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. Out of all the things we could focus on, there's so much packed into this. That's the one thing that stood out to me this week. It's what I want to focus on. Why are you looking for the wrong thing and in the wrong place? He's not here. He's risen. They were looking for the wrong thing. On the face of it, the angel's question is kind of puzzling. Why do you look for the living among dead? I don't think any of us have ever gone to a cemetery to visit a graveside of somebody we love and expect to find the living among the dead. But it would be kind of interesting if we did. <laughs> they weren't looking for the living. They were looking for the dead. They were looking for dead Jesus. Luke makes it very clear for us. If we go back a few paragraphs in this chapter of Luke 24 and, and go back a chapter in 23, verse 49, we're told that these very same women had watched Jesus die. They had been there as he breathed his last breath. They were there at the crucifixion. They watched the spear go into his side and all the blood and water pour out. They watched him die. So it's puzzling. The Roman centurions, they were experts in death. They satisfied themselves that he was dead and gone, and Pilate was willing, willing to release the body, and the women actually were there. For the burial. So they not only watched him die, they were there for the burial. So they watched death, 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 death. Nobody, he's not here, he's alive. And they're like, makes no sense. On the human side of thinking, it makes no sense. And so that's why you get the question, why do you look for the living among the dead? I can't think but to imagine i don't know what's more shocking for them two angels talking to them and them having a conversation or the fact that they get asked that question they were looking in the wrong place they were looking in for the wrong thing he's alive 
Verse 6, he's not here. He is risen. They should have expected it. That's what it says in our text. They should have been expecting him not to be there. They should have been going to Galilee where they were supposed to go. Remember how he told you he was, while he was still actually alive with you before he was crucified, the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. But perhaps they did remember, but they just didn't understand what it meant. Because if they had, they wouldn't be there. In fact, Luke says much in chapter 18, where Jesus told all of them, everything that is written by the prophets and about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. Everything they knew from growing up as Jewish people was going to get fulfilled in Jesus. He will be turned over to the Gentiles. They will mock him. They will insult him. They will spit on him. They will flog him. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. I'm guessing at the point of mocking and, and beating and this bad stuff, like anytime you're talking to somebody and it's kind of something, oh, I don't like that, someone quit listening, they missed the, he will be raised on the third day. I think we'd all do that. Remember, we have the privilege and honor of knowing the other side already. But in this one glorious moment, he is not here. He's risen. It begins to make sense because in verse 8, they remembered Jesus' words. They remembered. And they were excited. Could you imagine the thrill when you finally realized, whoa, this all fits together. Three years of hearing this guy talk actually makes sense. It just sends chills down our spines. Like it's starting to make sense. Everything's going to actually be okay. There actually is a true hope that's beyond this momentary life, this momentary moment that tomorrow's might not be so fun. Man, there's something beyond that. The angels are saying and explaining that everything had to happen. It's part of the plan from the beginning and back in Genesis, back in the beginning of time. The Son of God willingly came to live as a man, handed himself over to agony and humiliation at our hands because we're sinners. Because he knew it would be the only way to do what it needed to be done. Just to save sinful people like you and me and the disciples and the women that walked to the tomb. All that for us. So he had to be crucified. He had to be murdered. And he went willingly to his death because he had to be killed. We lived as enemies before this moment from God. We lived as enemies. We deserved to die as enemies of God. We proved it by killing his son Jesus. We prove it now in our world today by rejecting him. When you reject the author of life from the beginning, this is the bad part. When you reject God, you die. That's what the tomb's all about before the resurrection. If you reject God, you die. Because we, we deserve it. We deserve to be abandoned to the misery of death forever. I deserve to be abandoned to the misery of death forever. 
But here's the best part. Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus died, and Jesus lives again. Man, that's beautiful. He didn't deserve to die. But he stepped into it for you in your place because he knew only death could satisfy the penalty. So you either die or Jesus dies. And so Jesus says, I die. I'll be crucified because I know I will be raised again, which means good news for us. Because he didn't only have to die, but he got to and knew gloriously he had to rise from the dead so we can, so we don't die, ever. He was the perfect son of God, and death could not contain him and hold him. Although he bore all the sin of the world, he had no sin of his own. Which means then, by his death, he then conquers death. He conquers sin. He forgives our mess. And then comes to life, defeating it all. Jesus said it would happen, and it happened. And the disciples, through this text, figure it out pretty quickly. All because why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you sulk in a room as though he's not there? It started to make sense, and within weeks of the resurrection, they were preaching powerfully the message of the gospel to thousands and thousands of people who were believing and being saved from the power of death and then sharing that resurrection of Jesus, that he is risen, to the rest of the world, and it reaches Rome, and then it reaches further west, and then eventually it reaches here, and now we're all gathered here today because Jesus is not dead. He's alive. So if we have a hope that's only in this life and doesn't have Jesus in it, we are most to be pitied. And if we do have Jesus in it and we only hope for this life until I'm done, we're most to be pitied. But we have something greater. We have a hope that's not just for this life. It's much greater. It's eternal. It's full of promise. It's full of purpose. It's full of passion. And it's full of meaning. So why do we look for the living among the dead? Why do we look in tombs when Jesus ain't there? So two questions as we get close to ending here. Are you looking for the right thing today? And are you looking in the right place? That's an answer to the question. We need to answer these questions. Are you looking for the right thing? This Easter day, this Resurrection Sunday, are you looking for the hope that's among tombs or beyond it? Are you looking to have a hope with a living God or prefer, maybe you prefer a dead one? That's just being honest. Maybe you prefer your God dead rather than living. Because guess what? A dead God will never make demands on your life. He won't. A dead God won't make demands on your life. A dead God will never challenge you. A dead God will never get in your way of what you want. A dead God doesn't ask you for your time or your money or to help the poor or to tell others about him or just to love somebody else. A dead God won't interfere with your relationships or with your workplace. A dead God won't insist that you are living right or wrong or being financially honest. A dead God won't judge you, what you say or how you say it. A dead God won't convict you. And so... Perhaps you'd actually rather be appalled if your dead God came to life and out of the tomb. 
if he started engaging with you, challenging your, your, your life and your priorities and, and your choices? If we're honest, it sounds rather appealing when you think about your life in here. Now, equally so, a dead God can't do what? Can't heal you. Can't heal your heart. Can't give you freedom. A dead God can't lift your spirit. A dead God will not fill you with joy. And a dead God can't hear your prayers or speak to your soul. And above all, a dead God will never give you a hope beyond death because you won't be risen. It's just seeking life among tombs. But we today, and that's why you're here, get to proclaim something better. So I encourage you, if you've been living with a dead God, kick him out. Because he ain't there. He's alive. Jesus is alive. He wants to know you. He wants to turn your sorrows into joys. He wants to wrestle and, and, and go through life together. To weep with you. To rejoice with you. He wants to fight for you against your sin that's in your life. And he wants to heal you most of all and give you the hope and a future that you don't deserve. Because he loves you. He wants to turn your death into life. Your death into life. He wants you to treasure him every minute of every day. And so the challenge of this Easter is, will you look for the living God? Is your God alive? Will you engage with the living Lord Jesus, the one who rose from the dead, or are you just going to seek in the wrong place? Amongst tombs. Because there's only one place to find this living God. It's in the events that we read in this scripture of being at the cross and in new life. We engage with him in the Bible in space that we don't even know sometimes how to explain. If you try to find him amongst tombs that the world has, you're not going to find him. So we look in the right place. It's not, you're not looking in the right place if you're just trying to be good. Too much time we try to be good. We're not. I'm not. Because that path just leads to frustration and despair because I'm not always good. I'm not always right. And we already have tombs full in this world. We try to be good. But heaven's not going to be like that. It's going to be full of people who just give it to Jesus. So give it to Jesus today. He's alive. He'll take it. He'll always take it. If you look for Jesus at the cross, you'll find him. Because he'll take you from there through forgiveness, through the tomb, and into life. That's an everlasting hope. That's an everlasting joy. That's what makes life so great here and now and beyond because we have a great God full of grace, full of mercy, full of compassion who literally died and rose again just for you because he didn't have to. He was already king of kings. He was already sitting on a throne, but he left it because for some reason he found us sinners special. He found us special and worth it enough to die and rise again. So run to Jesus. Look to him in the right place. The tombs of this world are going to leave you empty because they have nothing for you. The life giver Jesus is alive and active and he wants to be in your life, beautiful in grace, mercy and love because it's always been Jesus, it always will be Jesus and it will never stop being the power of Jesus. It's always going to be who? Jesus. Because he is not dead, so quit seeking life among dead. Seek Jesus because he is
Alive, risen, we'll try it. Well, okay, I, I didn't plan that one very well. He is risen. He is risen Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. May you know you are loved, you belong, and have a great week. God bless.